Okay, um, so for those of you that don't know, just a quick introduction, my name's Ben and um, from Southampton um, and we're just going to be hosting um, two sessions uh, and really just want to encourage you guys that if you are here today, um, that we're going to be talking about taking a gap year. Jess Field here on my left from uh, Sunny Seaford uh, is going to be talking to us about the benefits of doing a gap year uh, and the call of God on our lives as well. We're going to be continuing the theme tomorrow as well. Uh, about leadership. So tomorrow I'm going to be interviewing a few of the guys that lead churches, uh, a few guys and ladies. Uh, you'll be pleased to know those of you that are ladies, don't shout at me. Uh, and so we're going to be asking them a few practical questions about how to engage with life and to pursue the call of leadership on, on your life as well. Uh, and so really would want to encourage you, if you are at all available uh, to obviously engage with today, uh, after Jez has spoken, uh, you're going to get an opportunity to talk to all the different gap years that we're running across the nation, which will be great. Um, but tomorrow as well, if you do have the opportunity to come back here to this venue at 3.30 uh, and bring people along uh, that are interested in leadership, uh, we're going to have a great time. So that's enough from me, uh, and hopefully we'll see you a little bit later on and tomorrow. But for now, let's give it up a really warm welcome for Mr. Jesfield. Great. Well, well done. Thanks so much for coming. Uh, ben, your notice was obviously excellent this morning in the 15s and 19s to draw such a crowd because so many people want to follow you around and be with you. Uh, as Ben said, my name's Jez, and what we're going to do this afternoon is uh, I want to talk a little bit about God's call on your life and the plan of God for your life. I want to talk a little bit about gap years. I want to talk about uh, the various options and things that we as a network and group of churches run and want to encourage you to consider those kind of things for yourself and for your future. I imagine in this room they've got several people who've done impact or done a gap year working, volunteering in a church, doing some theological study before. If that's you, can you pop your hand up for us just so we know who we're talking to? Great. Put your hand up if you are at an age and stage where you're considering taking a year to get stuck into the plans and purposes of God for you, specifically through a gap year type thing. Great. So we've got a few people. Well, hopefully I'll be able to convince you. And we've got some videos to show. So videos make all the difference. Um, let, me, let me start by asking you this question. And we're going to get some friends up as well to do some talking as well. Uh, let me start by asking you this question. Um, what is your life about? What is the main purpose of your life? Why are you here? What are you aiming at with your life? If you know what your life is about, if you know what you're aiming at, then you can start living your life in a way to achieve that end. There's nothing more tragic in life than seeing people who reach the end of their life only to realize they missed out on what the main purpose of their life was about. That's like Frodo and Sam leaving the ring back in the Shire and thinking, oh, we can't go back now. And it's fantastic that at your age and stage, you're in a position where you're asking that question, what's my life about? What do I want in my life to become? Who do I want to become? And what do I want people to say about me? Now, some people hate those kind of questions, those kind of big significance questions and what's your life about and where are you going? Because at your age, let's be honest, you know very few of the details of what your life is really actually going to consist of and what it's going to be about. Many people hate that question at school when you have your careers advisor come in and sit down and talk to you in those kind of serious tones. What do you want to do with your life? And everyone drives you to excel in these exams or to use your skills in these apprentices and you can feel such a weight of pressure to know the, all the minute details of what your life's going to be about. I'm not here to tell you you need to understand all of those details about your life. 
But I am here to say that God has a very specific call and plan for your life. And it's an exciting plan. Jesus said that he's come so that you might have life and life in all of its fullness. And a life outside of that then is less full in Jesus' terms. Um, when I was at school, I didn't have this problem. I knew exactly, that when I, I knew exactly what I was going to do. I knew that when I grew up, I was going to be a film director and there was no point in you talking to me about my life because that's where my life was going. Uh, and now I just have kids and we just make videos in the forest. But I'm still a film director in my own mind. That's fine. Uh, that could sound quite unusual, isn't it? I have children. I take them to the forest and make videos. As a, you know, you understand my children, my videos. And Anyway, stop there. My kids don't have that problem. When I asked my three-year-old, what do you want to be when you grow up? He said to me, a dinosaur, which I thought was a little bit unusual. Uh, he's not related to me. My five-year-old did a little bit better. What do you want to be? He said, an astronaut. That's good, son. That's good. Very unrealistic. Look at your mum and I. We're not, you're not, sorry, crushing his dreams from a young age. What does God have for you? What's your life going to be about? There comes a point in everybody's life where the question, what are you going to do, turns into, so what did you do? And the question, what are you going to do one day, becomes, so what did you do yesterday? Or actually, for most of us, it becomes, what am I going to do today? Gosh, there's so many options out there. And to be honest, it can be quite confusing. We live in a society that just overloads us with options for our lives. Do you want skinny or tall? Do you want it with cream or without? Do you want sprinkles on top? And should we leave the EU or not? Like, huh? Sorry? In amongst all of those big questions, there are ones that really count for you. What are you going to do with your life? What job are you going to take? Who are you going to marry? What God are you going to worship? Uh, there's some big questions there. There's some smaller ones. And how do I filter those out for myself? Uh, there was one guy in church history who said, I only ever have two days on my calendar. I have two days and I have that day that I'm going to stand before God and give an account for my life. And there are two days that you need to really worry about today and that day. The day where you stand before God and he asks you to give an account for your life. And rather than that feeling an intimidating and terrifying prospect, it ought to fill us with a sense of thrill and excitement. Because you're living not only in, in, amongst the most privileged generation, you're living at a time where there is so many exciting options. You're among the top what, 4 or 5% richest people on the planet with the most exciting options that any generation has ever had. And we do well not to treat that lightly which is why you're here so well done you are those people who take your future seriously and want to make sure you make a big impact for God it's the rest of them out there that we should be annoyed about right you guys are the good crowd well done for coming let me say a few things about calling um, if you a lot of people are obsessed with the idea of calling in an unhealthy way because many people want to discover a tailor-made bespoke unique purpose that gives them public acclaim, stage platform significance. Many of us want to become the people that others write history books about, which aren't bad desires, but often the desire is often, I want to be famous. I want to be somebody that other people talk about and think, wow, they are awesome. Although those desires aren't bad, often what's underneath is, I want people to look at me and think well of me, and we're often trying to fill voids and holes in our own lives. So we talk a lot about calling. What's my calling? Well, the Apostle Paul, who wrote a lot of the New Testament, wrote to some churches, and I don't think you're going to be able to read this, so we won't look at it too much. But if you look at many of the introductions to his letters, he introduces himself like he does here, 
Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle. And you think, I want that calling. I want to be an apostle. I don't know what an apostle is, but everybody talks about apostle Paul. And so I want a calling like Paul's. But in this letter to the guys in Rome, he writes to them, says, I'm called to be an apostle. He says, I've been set apart for the gospel of God. And then he goes on to talk about the church and says this. uh, Where is it? I can't read in the light here. He says, to all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints. He says, I'm Paul, called to be an apostle. And I'm writing to you, Christians, all of you in Rome who are called by God to belong to Jesus Christ, called to be saints. He does similar in the book to the Corinthians, where again, he says, I'm Paul, I'm called to be an apostle. And he says, you as a church, you're called to belong to Christ and you're called to be saints. You're called to be holy. So calling if you like, has a couple of components. First of all, you, if you're a believer, you are called to belong to him. Your primary calling is to be called out of a self-centered, selfish, narrow-minded, small vision of life to a life that's expansive and meaningful and belongs to him, that your primary calling is to be his. My faith journey, my journey towards Christianity began in a bizarre way. Uh, It began when I watched a film with a group of friends that made a big impression on me. Uh, It wasn't a Christian film, it was just a drama film. I remember being a teenager watching this around some friend's house and going home and suddenly being struck by the beauty and wonder of the world and thinking to myself, there must be a designer behind this. And as a young man, not growing up in a church family, being, wanting to explore an idea of my life and what my life's about, began there, just watching a film with friends. It took me to pursue um, a church experience. And I remember going to church one Sunday, and the main reason I went was because on Friday, a group of friends and I watched the film, The Exorcist. And it terrified me so much. I thought, I better go to church because this is terrifying. But I, so I went to church and I started going to church and I'd go regularly. But I wasn't really interested in changing my life. I just wanted to do the religious thing because I thought that would make me a nicer person and make me more popular, perhaps, in a weird way. I don't know why I think that. But I remember one Sunday, I was asked to, on Palm Sunday, to stand up in front of the church and to enact the enact to be one of the disciples on Palm Sunday which is when Jesus walked in to Jerusalem or or rode in on a donkey with his disciples to the city and everyone cheered for him and stuff like that and I was dressed up as a disciple of Jesus in this little Anglican church in my hometown thinking I think there might be a God and I think I might be a church person but I'm not sure and I'm still living this double life because I'm not sure what I want to do with my life and I'm back and forth between the ideas of living for self trying to explore God and I used to tell everybody, well, oh, my life will change one day, but not today. Because there's lots I want to do, lots of fun that I want to have before I want to give myself wholly to God. And on this particular Sunday, Palm Sunday, uh, I'd been out the night before with some of my friends. And we'd gone to some party and I'd gotten quite drunk. And in the morning I was feeling really quite hungover. Plus it was really quite hot in that church. And so there was a, a packed church in my little town in this little Anglican village. And I'm at the front. And they're doing this Palm Sunday thing, and I'm a disciple of Jesus, and I'm thinking, it is hot in here. And I'm feeling really hungover from last night. And the room suddenly went black, 
And I woke up with these faces standing over me going, you all right, son? You all right? I'd passed out from the heat and being too hungover and hit my head on the altar at the front of the church. And I stopped going to church for a while because I thought, I'm living this strange double life. And it's not what God has for me. And it's not the best for my life. I'm sure there's more that I can achieve elsewhere. So I pursued life outside of God elsewhere. And then something happened. In fact, several hundreds of things happened. Days went by and I made daily decisions about who I want to follow and the life I want to live. And now I find myself in a position where I've got the privilege of running one of our gap years called Impact Training. Uh, I'm also uh, an elder and leader in a church in Sussex. Uh, I've got a wife and some kids. And the number of kids I have keeps growing because I make videos in the forest and then keep stealing other people's children and stuff like that. That's not true. But I find myself in a position now where I feel like I know what my life's about. I know what I want to live for. But back then when I passed out, hung over in a church and hit my head on the altar, I was confused. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I read a biography recently that summed up, I think, a lot of my wrestlings and my journey with faith. And it sums up, in many ways, part of the heartbeat that we have as those of us who lead various gap year projects around the network of churches called New Frontiers that we're a part of. And this biography was written hundreds of years ago. Uh, It was written by a man who, prior to his conversion, had lived a very worldly life. He was a man who had kept several prostitutes at a time, had been uh, known for his partying and wild lifestyle. He was a philosopher and someone who did a lot of uh, thinking about life and the universe and had a lot of people following him. He had great desires for personal glory and acclaim. And something changed one day when God met with him. And he records in his biography, it's written as a basically a long prayer to God of his life. And at the right at the start of this biography, he says these words that have become quite famous. I'll put it up here. You might not be able to read it. He's praying. He says to God, you have made me for yourself, O Lord, and my heart is restless until it finds its rest in you. I don't know if you've ever done that thing where you go swimming and you put a ball under the water and you feel a a tremendous amount of pressure from that ball to burst through to the surface again. And when you let it go, that's what it does. It pops up out of the water. But all the while that ball is under the water, it's restless. It's trying to find a sense of balance again. Well, this writer says of himself, and I think it's true for all of us, that outside of God, our hearts are restless. They're longing for some level of peace and calm and quiet. And one of the things that I've discovered is that even as a believer, I need to learn this over and over again, that I am restless outside of him, that God has made you for himself and you are and you will be restless until you learn to find your rest in him. Well, that's a large part, actually, of what our gap year programs are about. It's about teaching us teaching those of us at a stage of our life that's quite formative, we're making a lot of decisions about our future, it's teaching us to learn how to find our rest in God. I think as Simon was talking the other day about the theme of idolatry, the truth is that all of us are prone to chasing after other things to seek our soul's satisfaction and significance and rest in those things. But all of those things are worthless and only ever amount in feelings of emptiness and isolation and personal angst and tension. What this man said, 
And what's true for all of us is that God has made you for himself. You have been called to belong to him. Therefore, any amount of living for things other than God will only ever amount in restlessness. And the reason we encourage people to pursue gap years or pursue experiences where they get trained theologically or give themselves to God's purpose in their local church is because we want people to learn this truth for themselves that you are restless outside of God. Take a year out from life, if you like, rather than traveling the world trying to find your rest in experiences out there, learn and let us teach you how to rest in God. All of us are after and struggle with feelings of security, feelings of acceptance, feelings of worth and significance. And those feelings will only ever find their rest in the one who designed you for him. So pursue your rest in him. And that's a big part of what our gap years are about. I want to show you a video of a a guy that we met recently. We were, uh, as part of our gap year impact training, we, we go on a missions trip and we went over to Turkey and met some Christians there. And we met a couple of guys in particular who'd been in, uh, who were Iranian. And both of them had been imprisoned for their faith because in Iran it's illegal to be a Christian. And they'd recently escaped and come to Turkey and we had the privilege of meeting them. And so I wanted to show you this uh, discussion that I had with this guy, Moshtaba, his name is. The lighting won't be great because of the tent, but hopefully you'll be able to hear everything he's saying. And... Uh, and he conveys as well this sense of the significance and importance of finding your rest in God that's enough to hold you through difficult times. So let's let him um, take it from there. Yes, after two years when I was 20, 20 years old, uh, yes, I was arrested by the intelligence service. <laughs> yes, they came to our house and um, looking for uh, 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 looking for the things about Jesus, you know, videos, books, and many things. Yeah. And they uh, took me and I'm, uh, uh, in prison uh, and for 22 days. 22 days. Uh, I was in. Uh, Sol- solitary, yeah. yeah, solitary, solitary confinement for 22 days. Yeah, 22 days. Age 20. Haven't been a Christian only two years. <laughs> I became good guy, <laughs> but I, I was. The government thought yeah, you were a bad yeah, guy. I am in a prison now. <laughs> when I was bad, I, yeah, I didn't go to prison. But when I become good, yes, I, uh, uh, yeah, they put me in prison and they. They told me you uh, you shouldn't be uh, Christian. You are Islamic, and here is a kingdom. Is here is uh, Islamic kingdom? <laughs> uh, yes, you can. And you uh, uh, you shouldn't uh, speak about Jesus to anyone. Okay. Yes. So when you came out. Did you stop speaking about Jesus? No, uh, it's uh, You're a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, now I'm bad guy for them, <laughs> and dangerous also. And after you were in solitary confinement for 22 days for being a good guy, not a bad guy, um, you said that then three years later you, yes. you didn't stop being a Christian or meeting with people and talking about Jesus. Yes. 
three years later you were together with your church and what happened then? Yes, uh, when, when we had a meeting, uh, they came to uh, that house that we had, we had meeting with a uh, uh, with bad way. Aggression. Yes, aggression. Yes. And they arrested uh, five uh, people of us. Uh, they uh, put us uh, to soli solitary, solitary <laughs> prison again. <laughs> yes. It is uh, for uh, 33, uh, 33, days. 33 days. Yes. And after that, they uh, moved us in uh, public uh, prison. Uh, and how long were you in the public prison yes, for? Yes, I... About three, uh, three years and one month. Three years and one month yeah. in prison? Yeah. So from age 25 to age 28, and how old are you now? I'm 20, about nine. 29, yes. so this happened within the, the last year, you've just come to Turkey recently. Yes, yes. So you've been in prison for three years at this time. Yes. Having um, been a Christian only five years. Just for I I I since age eighteen. Yes, become Christian. Uh, so how did how did you feel during this time? Were you depressed? Were you angry at God? Did you think I wish I never became a Christian? Uh, did you ever want to stop being a Christian? Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> because I uh, told my uh, myself that. That uh, hurt that I have uh, in prison now, it's uh, very, very less than uh, of hurt I had uh, in past, you know, before, you before I, yes, I uh, became Jesus. Because without God, everything has no meaning, have no meaning, you know, and I understood the meaning of life is Jesus. So. When you know uh, what is your past, and you don't like going to your past, and then you know what's your future. So now uh, has meaning for you. Romans 8, uh, 18, if you, uh, yes. This one here. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time nice. are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed to in us. Yes. Really, I... Uh, uh, I understood this uh, when I was in a prison. You know? well, thank you so much for sharing with us. And, uh, it's been such a privilege to meet you, a real blessing, and hopefully, I'm sure, a massive encouragement to us yes. in England. We're going to be praying for you. Thank you. And I uh, look forward to hopefully seeing you again yes. one day soon. Um, and I'm, I'm really glad you're out of Iran and we got to meet. Thank you so Thanks much, Mr. Ba. Praise the Lord. Thank you. God bless. There we go. All of the gap years that we run uh, feature a, a cross-cultural missions experience. For us this year, part of the highlight of our trip was meeting that guy and meeting someone who, age 18, similar to many of you, became a believer and age 20 was imprisoned um, for 20 days or 30 days in solitary confinement. So part of what we like to do on gap year is to give them an experience of what it's like to be a believer in those kind of countries. So we, we lock people up for 30 days on their own and just give them nothing but water and food. Is that right? Oh, no, that's the idea you wanted us. No, we're not going to do that. Okay. No, we, that idea got shut down. 
But a big part of the year is trying is meeting people like that, having different experiences, getting to talk to different Christians in the church and hear about what it was like for them growing up as Christians or hearing how God has worked in someone's life and set them free and being in the hubbub of church life on a week to week basis and meeting some of the people and hearing their stories. God has made you and designed you to find your rest in him. As, as he said on the video, the meaning of life is Jesus and living for him. Whatever you do with your life, whether you do a gap year now or in a couple of years' time, it's important that you grasp the truth behind that statement. It's not just a nice fridge magnet or a nice thing to throw around. The meaning of life is Jesus and living for him wherever you do that. And part of the gap years that we offer is to hopefully impress that upon people so they find not only were you designed to find your rest in him, you're also made to live for him because that's the meaning of your life. Paul talks to the church in the bit that we read out and he says, you've been called to belong to him. You've been called to be saints. The, the word saints, another translation, we call it holy. You've been called to be holy and the word holy simply means belonging or set apart for God. Your life has been called and designed to be set apart for God. And the last thing that I want to mention is this, that you've also been called to represent him. You've been called to represent him. One philosopher said this, I cannot answer the question, what ought I to do with my life, unless I first answer the question, of which story am I a part? Of what story is your life a part Is there even a story that you have found yourself plugged into? Many people in our society are at odds and in dire straits because they've been been raised believing that there is no real story other than seeking personal fulfillment through material gain or through sexual experience or through different pleasures because they've been taught that there is no real meaning in life. There is no real story. But the reason some terrorist organizations work so well is because they tell people there is a story and it's this story of us against the West or it's this story of us against the infidels. The church is able to offer the true story. The gospel is able to offer you the, the big story that your life was designed to fit into. You are made not for individualism, not for isolation, not for separate pursuits of separate goals and gains, but that you are made to fit into and to belong to God's story because you were made to find your rest in him, but you also to find yourself within his story. Or you might use the words his plan, his plan for the human race and his plan for your life. So what's your story? Do a gap year. Take time out from thinking about the the big kind of who am I going to marry? What job am I going to do? Take some time out to be trained and allow us to teach you to rest in God and allow us to show you the story that your life was made to fit into. Learn to lose yourself in God and find yourself in God's story and God's plan for your life. There's no better thing that you can give yourself to. There's no better thing that you can give yourself, give a year of your life to, to learning how to lose yourself in God and find yourself in God's story. Now we've got uh, another quick video I wanted to show you of um, some people who did impact a couple of years ago. Uh, and then I'll mention the various gap years. I've got a couple of students here who've just finished doing a gap year and they can talk a little bit about why they think you should do it and the impact it's made on their lives. But this is just a, a quick video of people who've done it before as well. Hi there, my name's Mika. I'm just about to finish doing my impact year. My name's Debbie. 
and I'm not your average impactor. We did impact because my reason is probably different to yours. Oh. What would I say about impact? Um, so many great things. <laughs> yeah, for me, impact has just been amazing. I've spent the year focusing on communications and journalism. I'm a new Christian. I've been a Christian since four. I had wanted to do impact for a few years. I'm from the States, and I came over to England to do my impact year. Impact has been a great year um, with great people. Uh, you developed a great community with them. It was such a great year of getting to know God better, getting to know a really great community of people. I'm so, so grateful just for the opportunity and the friends that I've made. I uh, recommend doing it. Um, this year you'll grow massively and um, you probably won't recognise the person you are at the end. And this year has been incredible. My impact here has been incredible. I've learnt so much about God. I've grown so much. I've grown so much over this year. A lot of growing in God this year. I genuinely, I'm not just saying this, I feel like I'm leaving this a whole different person. He's really stretched me. I've gained so much independence. So if you're considering doing Impact, I really want to encourage you to do it. It's a phenomenal year. And I recommend Impact to anyone who is uh, ready to explore more about God and who wants to uh, go deep in their relationship with Him while being stretched and meeting really incredible people at the same time. You should do it. You should do it. You should do it. It's incredible. Definitely do it. Maybe. Okay. So there's a lot of talk about Impact, which is the, the Gap Year project that I oversee uh, on behalf of New Ground Churches. And the wonderful thing about New Frontiers is that we're, we have lots of different options available of things that you can do as a Gap Year, as a way of growing in God and getting stuck into the local church. And in a moment, I'm going to get some of the base leaders of the different groups to come up and just give you an overview of what they do. Uh, but first of all, I'd love to introduce Hannah and Dan. Let's start with Hannah. And Hannah's going to take a couple of minutes just to tell us about how Impact has made an impact on her and helped her to make an impact in the future. Impact away. Hello everyone. I'm obviously really scared right now. <laughs> Please be nice to me. Smile, smile loads. Thank you. Um, so, <laughs> okay. So the reason I did Impact, um, I'm not, I'm, I, I wasn't 18, I'm 21. And I did um, primary education for a year and a half. And I loved it and it was great and I was doing really well. I had a real passion for teaching, but I got very ill. Um, I struggled with depression and anxiety for a really long time. To the point last year, I was suicidal and I didn't really know what to do. I grew up in a Christian family and everything and I had a relationship with God, but I never really understood who I was. I never really understood who God was. Um, and so when I was experiencing those depressive thoughts and suicidal thoughts, um, Jubilee Worthing, woo! <laughs> um, really <laughs> is Joe what yeah um, so Jubilee Worthing really um, helped me and they told me about impact and my best friend was doing impact and I saw how much her life changed and I was like I want a bit of that I don't know how that's going to happen but I want to do it so I did it and I've got to tell you guys I've had the best year ever like anyone who has done impact can agree with me um, I have, it was a really difficult year. Um, 
I've been challenged so much in my faith. I had to do things that I never thought I could ever do. I'm standing in front of you guys. This is scary. I mean, I'm a teacher, but this is still really scary. Um, I, what else? I've learned to just really depend on God. I've learned to be humble and to just need him in times of um, really just hardship. Am I making sense here? Yes, yes, thank you. I'm sorry. Um, what else? And I've just fallen in love with Jesus, really. Um, I've, I've learned how to read the Bible through training blocks. I've learned theology. I know what the difference is between Calvinism and Arminism. That was a really difficult debate, but I've learned that. And I've enjoyed every single training block. I've built relationships with people and have seen them grow and cried with them and was able to prophesy over them and encourage them. And what else? Just being honest here. Um, That's about it, really. I've just grown so much in God. That's it. Okay, let's welcome Dan. Awesome. Uh, Put your hand up if you were here at New Day last year. Yeah? Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't here. I was at home on the sofa. Um, Last year, my life in this year has taken a massive change. Um, This time last year, I was about to start my own business uh, in videography, and I was actually going to go up to Edinburgh um, and film some stuff. But also this time last year, I was also engaged to be married. And when I was in Edinburgh, I had a text message from my then fiancé saying, it's over. And it's interesting that Jez is saying, what's your story? Because at that point, my story was to get married. I didn't really have a relationship with God, if I'm really honest. And um, that was when I was asking this question. I was like, God, what on earth is life about? And I'd been uh, asked by a guy called Pete to do Impact for four months. Every time he asked me, I said no. I'd kind of shut the door on it, if I'm honest. Uh, There was no chance of me doing it. I was like, nope, get married. When the breakup happened, I was like, ah! I had a midlife crisis at the age of 21. Um, I don't know what to do. I'll do impact. So I actually missed the first training block. I was that late. Um, And the reason why I'm telling you that story is because uh, if you're here and you're like, oh, I don't know. I feel I've just been dragged along. I've kind of shut the door on impact. I just want to encourage you. Keep asking God, God, should I do impact? Because I shut the door on impact. And I'm so glad that God opened that door up for me. Because if uh, if I didn't do impact, I'll tell you, I would not be here. Um, I would be a long way from God. And this year I've grown so much. Um, my very first training block, uh, I, was, I was the new kid. I still am the new kid in our year. And uh, I had to introduce myself. Hi, I'm Dan. Um, I like superheroes and things like that. Um, I dress like Hillsong. Uh, that's the sort of thing I had to say. And um, everyone's now looking at my outfit going, yeah. Um, and I actually had to do a Romans talk on the second day. So you get to do a talk, it's well good fun, but if you want to be challenged, uh, then do impact. If you want to step up in your faith, do impact. One thing God's really taught me this year, um, uh, more recently if anything, is it's not about stepping up, it's not about being like an elder of a church, it's about stepping out. And that's something I've really been challenged with this year. This year I'm like, I'm looking for opportunities, I'm looking for opportunities. Last couple of months I felt God say, hey, I just want you to step out in faith. And so when we're going out to like Turkey and Istanbul, um, actually I thought that was 100% God's timing for that because when we went, the bombs kind of went off a week before and a week after. We went during the safe zone. That was totally God's timing. Uh, it was a bit scary though. Um, 
Uh, like, and actually, that was a chance to step out in faith. Um, I got to go to Edinburgh for a conference. I got to step out in faith then. But there's also chances in your church. Put your hand up if you want to grow in God. I'll tell you what. If you want to grow in God, I would recommend doing impact in whatever area it may be. You may not be a, a preacher or anything like that. But if you want to just grow in your relationship with God, I would recommend doing impact. Fantastic. Fantastic. You guys are great. Dan, it may interest you to know that Dan is a regular YouTuber and has an exhaustive, exhaustive library of information about WWE wrestling. And so I don't know what his channel is, he hasn't told me, but he has like a million subscribers or viewers of his comments on wrestling. So there you go, wrestling and Jesus. Uh, that's his passions. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about impact training. Uh, and lim- in case you're sitting there going, this sounds great, but what on earth is impact training? Let me just mention, uh, so we have several gap year options that run and are represented here. Uh, we've got impact training that we've talked about. We've got ID, which is an impact training equivalent, a little bit around by relational mission. I'll say a little bit more of that in a minute. We've got CCK internship program, and we've got Hedgens Academy. Um, those are different gap years that are on offer. And if you guys can come up in a second, just give us a one-liner about what you guys do. That would be great. All of these gap years involve serving and getting stuck into church life and working some, uh, in some capacity in the ministry life of a church, whether it's children's and youth work, uh, or you saw some of it there, the journalism, youth, uh, journalism work, media and production, student work, community work, outreach work, anything, depending on what the local church is doing. So it involves service in a local church, a local church often of your choosing, or we as Gap Year leaders can help hook you up with a church they're interested in and looking for students to take. Then there are residential training blocks. Uh, on impact training, we run six different training blocks, um, five of, six of them together, and then one of them, all of the Gap Year programs come together at Center Parks in January, which is a real highlight. Uh, the residential training blocks are often the places where God does uh, a great deal of work on you uh, in the ministry times and are the places where, let's be honest, they make some, uh, students make some of their friends that end up becoming lifelong partners in God in the ministry that he's called us to. So the Gap Year program involves service in a local church, theological equipping on our residential training programs, centre parks all together, uh, group as the Gap Years come together, and also an overseas cross-cultural missions trip of your choosing. Um, so Tim, would you mind being the first just to tell us a little bit about what CCK Internship offers? Let's give it up for Tim. Hello. Yeah, so as I said, um, my name's Tim. Um, I help kind of lead part of uh, our CSK internship program. Um, there's loads and loads of different things I could say, but um, basically what it is is a, a year, as Jezza said, um, of serving the local church, but also uh, the church investing in you. Uh, so we have monthly training blocks of theological training, um, leadership development, personal development yourself. Um, there's loads of different areas in the church you can serve in. So, for example, you do students, kids work, uh, media production, even um, serving with the New Day Worship Band. Um, so, yeah, if you like the idea of moving down to Brighton, coming and serving um, with CCK, then um, speak to me afterwards. Thanks. Great. Thanks, mate. And uh, what's going on at CCK is really exciting. I know as a local church, they've got a big vision of what God's called them to, and it's an amazing opportunity to get plugged in with them. Matt heads up ID on behalf of Relational Mission. Let's get up for Matt. 
So ID is an impact program. It's very similar to the same thing Jez leads. Uh, and we serve churches kind of across the east of uh, England uh, and then into mainland Europe. Uh, so we've got some exciting things going on at the moment. Uh, we're involved with Steph Liston and the Camden Church. Uh, doing lots of church plants across North London. So if you're interested in kind of uh, church planting in an urban setting, maybe uh, got a few placements for you. We're doing some cool stuff with some churches in mainland Europe. And so if you uh, speak any languages, uh, European languages, are interested in doing a gap here with a local church, uh, maybe abroad, we've got some cool stuff going on in Germany, some exciting opportunities to work with uh, refugee camps and groups like that. Um, and uh, some stuff going on in Scotland as well. So uh, it's a very similar program to Impact, uh, training blocks, study program throughout the year, uh, joining with everybody else for centre parks, with some cool placements as well. Um, and next year, our mission trip is going to be to Kenya, uh, which we're very excited about, planning to do that. Um, so if you've got a heart for Kenya or any interest there, come grab me. Uh, I'm on the back with uh, some info packs and leaflets. Uh, so come say hello. Great. Thank you, mate. Fantastic. And Ben, do you want to just mention? Okay. Yeah, of course. Of course. Let's welcome Ben. Thank you. So uh, one of the main differences uh, with us is, uh, like Brighton, we invite you to come and stay with us. Um, so we're based in Hedgend on the outskirts of Southampton, uh, and we serve the Solent area, so the Southampton city down to Portsmouth. Uh, and essentially, um, you're with us for the year, all the different things that Jez has been talking about in terms of media, youth kids work, all that kind of stuff uh, and just engaging with the community we um, run our training every week, so once, uh, a, once a week on a certain day you get your teaching as the year goes through, so that's one of the differences but we join with these guys um, for centre parks as well, which is a real highlight of our year uh, and again do a mission trip as well so if you're interested uh, in coming and getting behind the vision at KCC with us guys then we'd love to talk to you myself and Ali is at the back there and we'd love to get to know you a bit more Thank you. Well done, mate. At the back here is Ruth. Give us a wave, Ruth. Woo! And uh, Ruth uh, does a lot of the facilitating for impact across the UK, uh, specifically with our Centre Parks Week. Ruth has some sweets, some Haribo sweets to give away, uh, and some information and leaflets and stuff about impact training. I would just say we haven't mentioned that uh, all of these gap years, uh, I, actually I don't know about CCK, but I would presume so, all of these gap years, there's a, a fee to get onto the gap year. Uh, churches work that differently. Is yours free? No. Okay. It's free. There we go. All of these gap years, are, there's a fee to do them, but local churches work it out differently. Some churches ask you to pay the fee, and then throughout the year, they give you money back um, to, for the service that you give them in the local church. Other churches don't ask you to pay the fee, um, but then also don't give you any money back throughout the year. Some churches require you to get a part-time jog, a job alongside your jogging and alongside your serving in the church. Other, other churches say, no, we'll provide and pay for you all year and we'll give you a book budget on top which was amazing my friends at Gap Year uh, at a church where they gave them a book budget and I was so jealous because I didn't have one of them no okay so I think that's um, all the information that I wanted to share about impact and Gap Years in general um, if you are um, a base leader or a student I should tell you what, I'll start off with this. If you're a base leader of any of the impact programs, could you give us a wave? Everybody look around and, and see these people who are, are leading bases across the gap years. Okay, look them in the eye. Pick someone that you want to go and talk to and find out about their things. Uh, if you are 
someone who has done impact or a gap year equivalent in the past, could you stand up for where you are as well, please, and give us a wave? So you've got a variety of options now, guys. You can talk to them and find out about their year's experience. Stay standing, please, students. Stay standing. You can talk to them and find out about their year's experience, or you can go and talk to any of the base leaders and find out a little bit more, ask some of the questions that you might have uh, of gap years in general. But what you can't do is leave because it's raining so hard. So you're stuck here, and we've got another 25 minutes together. So here we go. If all of that fails, we'll just have a big wrestle in the middle. Um, We'll have a fight or something. Dan will coordinate and comment out on our wrestling and give you stats. Dan, who won the Royal Rumble two years ago? Oh, it's embarrassing, isn't it? So sorry I picked him up for you. Um, Thanks so much for coming to the seminar. I would really want to encourage you to live all out for God, learning to find your rest in Him and find yourself in God's story, and specifically consider doing a gap year, either pre-uni or post-uni. It's up to you. Thanks for coming.